This is Bet MGM tonight. Join us for live sweats. Yes. Let's go, Kansas 80, State. That was a big balls three. Three minutes ago. Big balls three. Instant reaction. This is an unbelievable thing for me to see. My favorite team, my true favorite team. Less mistress, more side piece. And maybe a few regrettable decisions. Oh, he's got bust written all over him. Gutekind sucks. Jordan Addison ran a 5-3-40, and he's Tristis height. I'd take him. You know what you shouldn't have done? Bet on the Wizards. Yep. Now, live from Washington, D.C., it's Ryan Horvat, Trista Crick, and Nick Ashew. Trista and Nick tonight. Hour to go. Victor Wembanyama now 15 points, 11 rebounds, 5 assists, 4 blocks, and a steal, Trista. I mean, I just I just want to sit and look at his box scores. I don't even have to watch him play. I just like looking at his box scores sometimes every single night. 104-87, though, Minnesota up big on the Spurs. Five minutes to go in the fourth quarter. We were one we were one ping pong ball away, Nick, uh, with getting Victor <laughs> Wembanyama. So I just like to say that. Could have been different. Could have still had Damian Lillard. What are you gonna do? You know, you threw a dig uh to Lawrence Holmes who was sitting there waiting, who's gonna jump on with us in a second, and you threw some digs at me and my commanders, and my commanders deserve it. So I, as you know, one day we'll actually be a rival to the Cowboys again. Uh but if you want to talk about a suffering fan base when it comes to what ifs in the draft there is no organization that has gone through worse than your portland trailblazers sam Bowie instead of michael jordan the most famous one uh, greg odin instead of kevin durant and then victor i mean again the victor Wembanyama thing was just they didn't even have the choice they just didn't get to pick number one overall so you missed that by one ping pong ball and that is just i mean we're talking three generational talents that you missed out on and and we missed out on Hakeem Olajuwon by one ping pong ball too. Oh, that's right. Jeez. You've got a, you've been keeping all the scores, haven't you? You've got, <laughs> you make sure you've got. You're like, no, no, hold on. There's also Hakeem, or at the time was Hakeem Olajuwon. <laughs> yeah, like it's just if it's not one, it's another for you guys. Damn. So all right, we bring on our buddy Lawrence Holmes now. Six seventy the score, Chicago legend, my friend. Uh, I hear you got some crazy weather. You were explaining the weather to us during the break. I can't even fathom going from 76 degrees uh, to nine de- or single-digit wind chill. But I can also not fathom your Chicago Bears not drafting Caleb Williams with the number one overall pick and doing anything besides that. What do you think they're going to do at this point? What are you hearing? And what do you want them to do? Because sometimes that can be two different things. I, I think in this case it is. I'd like for them to stick with Justin Fields and make a trade that's going to allow them to fill a bunch of positions of need that they continue to have. But I get it. Like, I get you want to restart the quarterback clock. There are a lot of people who feel like Kayla Williams is the absolute truth. And if you have a chance, like, it's, it's hard to pass up. The funny thing that's been happening in Chicago lately is there's been kind of this, these whispers about maybe it's neither one of them. And I'm telling you, if it's neither one of them, this city's going to burn. Like, they, we have broken down into tribes. It's, it's either you're, you're a Caleb bro or, or you're, you're a Justin Stan. And I think the two tribes would agree. It better be one or the other guy. If the Bears come up out of this draft and it's Jaden Daniels, who I I adore, I love him, scouting him, I think he's great. If it's Bo Nix, if it's J.J. McCarthy, 
man, it's going as as Bernie Mac used to say, they're gonna be some smoke in the city. And I, I don't know if Ryan Poles is built for the type of smoke that he is going to get. But I I mean the the most logical thing makes the, the thing that makes most sense is just draft Caleb. If you're Ryan Poles, this gives you this adds three years to your contract. Like real talk. If if you do that, you're you're letting go of any sort of risk. You're saying, all right. We're starting over offensively. We have this new quarterback. There are a lot of people who feel like the Bears are close enough to to being a playoff team that they should continue forward with Justin Fields and that they might be taking a step back with Caleb Williams. I just know that keeping Justin Fields, as far as job security goes, for Ryan Poles is dangerous. It's risky. And you can look like a genius if you do it, and it works out, and you could be asked some very hard questions by Kevin Warren and Bears ownership next year if it doesn't. Yeah. You look at these odds, team to select first, Bears minus 1,000, and the field at plus 510. Do you think that taking the field at plus 510 is a worthwhile bet considering that you've been covering this this market for 20 plus years and even you're in the the category of maybe they should just trade down and get a boatload of everything i don't think it's a terrible bet let me give you a couple of reasons why one at number two sits washington washington covets caleb williams as much as anyone else in this draft and maybe more he's from the dc area they hire cliff kingsbury there, there's there's a there's some smoke there. Like there's some smoke with with Washington. It, it was funny today. Raheem Morris said at the combine that if they had had better quarterback play, he wouldn't be sitting at the combine being the head coach of the Atlanta Falcons right now. I could see them jumping way up to do it. I could see Sean Payton and the Broncos jumping up to do it. I could see the Giants jumping up and and trying to get something done. Now, the unfortunate part is this is a, a pretty deep quarterback class. I expect five quarterbacks are going to go in the first round. And yeah. I I think it's it's possible that one, two, three are, are quarterbacks in, in this year's draft. So that that's something you have to keep in mind. But I, I kind of like the, the, the little long shot odds on the Bears not picking number one. I mean, it, it puts you at least in a position here where if a team offered that, right, that godfather offer, they come in and the Bears say, like, well, we do already have a quarterback here that is still has a lot of potential. I think the difficult thing with Justin Fields is, and you see it obviously every day, so I, I, I can imagine it's kind of split there in Chicago in terms of, what his trajectory is and what he is moving forward. If that clock wasn't ticking on, hey, we're going to have to give him a real deal at some point, uh, I think they probably just continue to rebuild around everything else when they can. But when you look at Justin Fields now, like we've seen those flashes, but is it one of those situations where maybe a fresh start is just better for everybody at this point? Because this year was supposed to be the, let's see what he's got. We've already traded back in the draft and now you consider maybe doing it again to re-rack and kind of do what you just did last year? Like, what is the trajectory in your eyes to Justin Fields there in Chicago? 
Nick, that's the thing, man. Like that's the risk that that, that Ryan mm-hmm. Poles is is messing around with. That he'll he'll be seen as the guy that gave up two number one picks to keep Justin Fields. And and so you, if you're him, you have got to have a hundred percent faith. You've got to step out on faith like no one else to to make that move. Now the crazy part is. Honestly, if, if they pick up his fifth-year option, he's going to make $6 million this year. Fifth-year option, I think, is worth $25 million. So we're talking about the average of $16 million for a starting quarterback for the next two seasons. That's not terrible. Like, for, for a quarterback who's as good as Justin Fields is, that's pretty decent. So they've got a choice to make, though. Like, do they want to do that? And then if, if he does hit, then you're talking about like godfather type money that you're going to have to offer him. But that's a good thing though, right? Because that means that you're winning. I think that Fields has a chance to be a top 10 quarterback in the league. And it's funny though, because every time that we talk about Justin Fields, we talk about, oh, well, he started, you know, 39 games and he's had three years. The first year you can completely write off. Because they didn't even know what to do. Matt Nagy was trying to win games and not develop a quarterback. So the development of Justin Fields, to me, it it wasn't even started until the second year. The second year that he's a starter, the team's not even trying to win games. They They were tanking like nobody's business. And you clearly had... I I assert that the head coach, Matt Eberflus really likes Justin Fields and I think it's part of the reason that they changed offensive coordinators because I think the head coach was looking at it like if I were defensive coordinator against this guy he would be a problem why are we not using him the way that he should be used and they moved on from the offensive coordinator now they might move on from the quarterback too but I think that they thought it was probably more on Luke Getze than it was on Justin Fields He's got a ways to go still. He can be a better passer from the pocket. He can make better decisions. But I here's the thing that I find find striking. There's a couple of outliers, but for the most part it holds true. Every current and ex-NFL player that I have brought the subject of Caleb Williams and Justin Fields versus Justin Fields, they almost all have sided with Justin Fields. I think that that's weird. I think that it's weird that the ex-players are 95% in the camp of fields, while those of us who get paid to have opinions about this type of stuff, it's 95% the other way. That's strange to me. I, I can't square that circle as someone who covered the NFL every single day for a decade. That's hard for me to be like, it's hard for me to discount Cam Newton's opinion. You know what I'm saying? Like, that, that's a difficult thing for me to do, like sitting there talking with Cam, where Cam doesn't have anything. He doesn't owe anyone anything. He can say, clearly Cam stands on business. No one's going to tell Cam what to think or do, right? Right? <laughs> yes, that's very that. true. And, and, he's, and he's telling me that, that Justin can be that dude. He just needs more help around him. It's so weird. It's been so weird here in Chicago. It's such a strange thing. I, I'm kind of like Justin. Like, I kind of just wanted – it was the Keisha Cole song. I just wanted it to be over. 
Like, I kind of feel the same way. I want there to be a direction here, and then we can kind of go forward. But I I don't know, man. I I hear a lot of stuff, and, 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 it, and it goes from, oh, they're definitely going to take Caleb to don't be surprised if you see Justin Fields being the starting quarterback next year. It, like, it's that wide of a swing from, from people that I talk to around the league. Well, that would meet, make the plus 500 for someone else drafting number one mm-hmm. a pretty damn good bet, Lawrence. I am curious, though, what are the reasoning for, from these ex-players, current players? Like, what's their main uh, explanation of why they would roll with Justin Fields versus Caleb Williams? And do you think it's they're not watching as much of the college game and they've watched more NFL? Yeah, I think that that plays a role in it. That that you know they they know who Caleb Williams is, but they might not have necessarily seen the tape. But you know we had we had Merrill Hodge on the television show that I do in TV, and 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 on in Chicago, and he he was he got aggregated because he said that he watched the tape of Caleb Williams, and he said he's not special, he's not Patrick Mahomes, he's not this or that. I was joking around today that. Merrill gave people license to question Caleb Williams. That we weren't seeing any of this stuff until Merrill said something. And then people were like, in the back of the room, like, uh, I also have an objection uh, about <laughs> Caleb Williams. So, so now we're now we're seeing it. I, I think that, that a lot of people were able to see even the what the toughest critics of Justin saw last year. And, and that's a an offensive coordinator who did not tailor the offense to his talent. I mean, it was it was as clear as day. They come out in five wide at the beginnings of games, and you're like, that doesn't make any sense at all. There was one game where they called towards the end of the season. It was the Packers game, as a matter of fact. Which it, it didn't make any sense. They called two design runs for Justin Fields in that game. Fam. You like like what are we doing? Like that's why Luke Getzey had to go, and I think that the ex players can see it from Justin's perspective, and they go, "You didn't have what you needed in year one. Year two, they were trying to lose. Year three is really the first time where you're being developed with players who are good around you, and you made a leap. You more than doubled your win total from year two to year three, and now." If you're him and you wake up at the end of the season where he had 62,000 people at Soldier Field chanting his name at the last home game and and you you know that everyone thinks that you're going to be gone like that's that's kind of the heartbreaking thing for me is that there's so much like part of it's you know how it is like even in relationships like it's the reverse side of expectations there are people who wanted Justin Fields to be good so badly that the fact that it didn't happen instantly, they're frustrated and they're angry. And so it's like, well, let's just go to the next person. Let's just, let's let's not make this work. Let's just go on to the next person. But it was one of my favorite things that happened last year was those folks chanting his name and he, him getting to hear that in what was probably his last home game as a bear. It, it is wild, and we know this. It's got to be instant gratification for quarterbacks in the NFL. A lot of it obviously comes down to money, but we just don't have the patience for it anymore. Lawrence Holmes, 670 to the score. Always love having you on, man. Appreciate the time. You're I the love best. you guys. Uh, anytime you need me, I, I'm here for you. Them up, up top. Fields looking. Backside pressure. Fields spins away. 
Going the other direction now. Fields on the run. Throws for the end zone. Komet with the catch, the toe tap, and the touchdown. We're back with BetMGM tonight on the BetQL Network. Presented by BetMGM. I got to say, Tristan, talking to Lawrence Holmes last segment, Chicago legend. Thanks for coming on 670 this morning. You missed it. The podcast will be up. You'll hear the full interview. A lot about Justin Fields. A lot about Caleb Williams. And after that, I kind of like plus 510, the field over the Bears to draft number one overall. Just because there's maybe that chance that even if, and we talked about this scenario earlier, right? What if it is just Washington trading up one spot and Chicago's like, we'll still get a quarterback, but maybe they don't want Caleb Williams. Maybe they do want Drake May. Or they want to, like, Justin, like, I, I'm just, I'm starting to think about it a little now, and it's like, at that price, with so many teams that may want to move up to number one, that may be a bonus bet at least, or a little sprinkle on it. Yeah, I mean, listen, the value is there, considering that there are, you know, 31 other teams and probably eight, seven that legitimately could try to get in the mix and get that spot, right? Obviously, mm-hmm. Washington's there. New England is there. Atlanta is there. The Giants are there. So, yeah, there's there's a lot of teams that probably covet Caleb Williams, so for plus 510, when they're not even sure, when a guy who's been covering Chicago sports for over 20 years isn't sure, and he's as plugged in as probably anyone, I think we kind of have to bet that out of principle. Yeah, and listen, I mean, there are teams that, look, there's always a team that's desperate enough to make a move, right? I mean, look at the Browns and Deshaun Watson. Look at that horrible trade and that horrible contract they gave him. But the Browns were desperate. We talked for so long about Cleveland being a quarterback away, right? Like, that's all that they need. Well, what if Atlanta is desperate enough and says, we're a quarterback away. We'll give you the next three first-round picks we have, and we'll give you, you know, they'll swap this year, and they'll give you a second and they'll give you, you know, throw in a young talent that's in there too, but you want to keep obviously most of the weapons to put around. Like and Kyle you're Pitts. moving up to take Caleb Williams number one. Yeah, like, ooh, that would be tough though to give up Kyle Pitts if you got Caleb Williams being able to throw him the football. But you're right. I mean, maybe that's what Chicago then decides that they want to ask for. But like, something like that is possible. And like, this is the difference too between looking at what's likely or what a price tempts you into making a bet, right? Like, sometimes you sit there and say, that's probably not the most likely scenario, especially given the odds that we're looking at, but plus 510 and laying out all these different reasons why in an extreme situation this could happen and there's multiple ways that it could happen, that's what tempts you into a situation like this. If I had to just take prices out of it and say, this is what I think the most logical, most likely thing is, yeah, it's they stay at number one, they draft Caleb Williams, they trade Justin Fields, they get a bunch of, they get, well, a couple of picks for him at least, and they move forward and they use those, and you've got the number nine overall pick and a ton of money in free agency, and you go from there. But that's not factoring in somebody that's like, this is it, we're all in, we want Caleb Williams, we love him so much, here's all of our first-round picks, because as Brandon Bean said earlier, right, the Bills general manager, when he was at the podium today, we traded up for Josh Allen because I said, if it doesn't work out, I'm not going to be here anyway. And if it does work out, no one's going to give a bleep. So it's that mindset. He's not the only general manager that has that mindset when it comes to franchise quarterbacks. Yeah, and, and what I thought was interesting about what Lawrence said was if you're looking at at least you know three years of 
of an extension that trade trading for Caleb Williams. I mean, drafting Caleb Williams is probably the best thing that the bears can do. Right. But mm-hmm. if you're another team and you know how much of a quote unquote can't miss player Caleb Williams is, then you should do the same thing, especially if you feel as a GM, you're on the hot seat. It's, I mean, the only, like, yeah, I, I guess I'm just, I'm just trying to think of, like, how many teams right now, like, if we had to name, like, let's think of how many teams right now would be desperate enough. Now, and when I say desperate, some it's less desperate. Washington going from two to one, that's not really desperate. But, like, what if the Patriots decide to get in on this? It's not going to be the yes. Cards. It's not going to be the Chargers. But, again, the Giants moving up from number six. What about the Titans at number seven? This is a fresh rebuild for them. What if they decide we want to go with a franchise quarterback that we love right now? You obviously have Atlanta at eight. You're not going to do the Jets, obviously. I mean, do the Vikings suddenly get aggressive? What about at 12? What if Sean Payton says, I want Caleb Williams. Let's go and make that move now. We're moving off of Russell Wilson, which is likely going to happen anyway. Or the Raiders at 13. I mean... That's even just a few of those. You could start really getting crazy and say, what about the Saints? You know, what if what if the Seahawks decide, hey, we gonna, we're going to trade up for him, but we're, you know, he's not even going to start for the first year. Like, who knows? That's that's a lot of teams that are at least in a position to say, you're trading up from the middle or the, either the middle of the first round or the back end of the middle of the first round in those spots, eight through 15. And you decide you're going to give up at the extra first round pick and the extra third and, uh, you know, one player, and you're moving up to that spot. I mean, it really, the potential is absolutely there. No doubt. I mean, even all the way down, and I know it's a very, very low likelihood, but even the Steelers, they need a quarterback at 20. And they've got some guys on the defensive side of the ball that are young, and they can give a bunch of picks. Now, they don't have a great offensive line, so you probably don't want Caleb Williams in a situation where he's under pressure all day long but listen they they are in really in need of a quarterback considering that they're in the toughest division in football I, and i mean listen it, you can't win without a quarterback in this league so the concept of let's trade down and have a ton of picks is great in theory the issue is you got to be able, able to identify that talent. The Rams traded back from number two, and Washington traded up, and the Rams really kind of blew a majority of those picks that they got from Washington. So it didn't even work out. Jeff Fisher was the coach. They got he got fired. Obviously, the rest Ooh. is history. You know, perpetual seven to nine. But you know, so you can have that opportunity if you've got the right front office. Does I mean every general manager is going to feel like they can identify talent? But like that's what we got to see from Ryan Poles. Like, do you have? enough to say I can pick out you got to have like three guys hit like they have to hit if you move down from that pick or you're the general manager like Lauren said that's going to then just trade down from back-to-back number one overall picks and then Justin Fields plateaus and let's say he stays the way that he is like that's what you also have to weigh here the safer play the safer move if you're Chicago is to draft Caleb Williams and trade Justin Fields And then you're also picking at number nine. And maybe you decide to trade back from nine and get a couple of picks, right? Like, there's also that possibility. You have that as a pawn as well there. The riskier move, but the one that could provide even more of a quicker turnaround, is trading out of number one. And it's keeping Justin Fields. And then it's getting all the picks you're going to get. And then giving yourself the next three years of extra first-round picks. But here's the thing. If they're really bad, Trista, 
again, he's not going to be around there to continue to use those first-round picks anyway, so it doesn't even matter. Well, and then you probably end up having Justin Fields on the team with a new GM and probably a new head coach, and then you have to really figure out what's going on with Justin because mm-hmm. you're probably blowing whatever development that he's had. But if you think that Justin Fields can be like Jalen Hurts, meaning we just have to surround him with the right pieces. And I did think it was interesting that Lawrence Holmes said that every, pretty much every single former player and current player thinks that they should roll with Justin Fields over Caleb Williams. Yes. That is, that is wild to me. That's very wild. He put it as like, 95% of the players that he's had on his show, former NFL players, have said stick with Fields, don't draft Caleb Williams while people covering the league have generally gone the opposite way. Now, I think you brought up a good point when you asked him, like, uh, is some of it maybe that these NFL guys just aren't watching as much college? And I think that there's certainly something to factor in that whole thing. But, you know, I, I do think that there is a level of... It's almost, it's the NFL fraternity, right? Where a lot of these guys, you see a rookie coming in, you're like, I haven't seen him play at the NFL level, so why would I trust him when I think Justin Fields still has upside? I'm rolling with and I support the guy that's already been there and that's already done something in the league. So there could be that mindset too. But, you know, if, if you're totally. if you're evaluating this right now, you got a lot of players that still – like you see it, right? You see it with Justin Fields, and this is what's such a tough spot for them to be in is because, like, if, if, the, if he had three more years on his rookie deal, I think they're probably just trading back again and they keep going. But the clock is starting to tick, and that's the business side of the NFL. And that's when you start to go – all right, we may have to make a business decision here simply because we can't be talking about $45 million a year for Justin Fields because you know that's what the conversation is going to be. Your Cowboys just went through it not that long ago with Dak Prescott, and you know what? They're going to be going through that again. There's talks about them signing him to a new new deal this offseason. If we had the conversations about whether or not Dak Prescott deserved a massive contract or Lamar Jackson deserved the money that he got, What's the conversation going to be like with Justin Fields at this point? Oh, I mean, it's going to be absurd. And how much is he going to get paid on the open market, really? Yeah, I mean, that's the first question is like, does he get... Oh, oh, you're saying if Justin Fields was like, was a free agent like right now? Or... No, in in two years when he's up for a contract... What is he getting right. paid? We saw what Daniel Jones got yeah. paid. Is it in that realm? Right. Is it, if he plays well this year and they maybe sneak into a wild card, does he get, like, the bag bag? The Bears have cap space I mean, now. They really do. They do. They have a lot of cap space. I think they're going to be probably second in cap space behind Washington. So, you know, at this point, you're looking around going – all depends on how he plays but that was the conversation heading in this year is you know how he actually is is, is going to play all right we do have the the um we have do we have i'm assuming yeah okay we so see we have the audio here so this is let's do this here's what lawrence holmes had to say earlier on the show about the caleb williams versus justin fields conversation the funny thing that's been happening in chicago lately is there's been kind of this these whispers about Maybe it's neither one of them. And I'm telling you, if it's neither one of them, this city's going to burn. Like, 
They we have broken down into tribes. It's it's either you're you're a Caleb bro or or you're you're a Justin Stan. And I think the two tribes would agree. It better be one or the other guy. If the Bears come up out of this draft and is Jaden Daniels, who I I adore, I love him. Scouting him, I think he's great. If it's Bo Nix, if it's JJ McCarthy. Man, it's going as as Bernie Mac used to say, they're gonna be some smoke in the city. My if, goodness. If that's, if, yeah, like if that's the wrench that gets thrown into this whole thing, that would throw everybody off. If it's all real smoke and mirrors and they like Drake May instead. <laughs> Even worse if they like Jaden Daniels, a slight yeah. you know, mobile quarterback. That there's there's a lot of, I like Jaden Daniels. He's probably my favorite quarterback in this draft in terms of his upside. But let's not act like it's not a big risk, because it is. It is. Uh if you want to look back too on some of the, the way trades have gone for you know, when teams have traded up for quarterbacks. Like the Eagles sent their first round pick, which was the eighth overall, third round pick, a fourth round pick another first-round pick in 2017, a second-rounder in 2018 to Cleveland for their number two overall pick to draft Carson Wentz. Like, that that was the haul just to go from eight to two back in 2016. So, like, that's... We start talking about teams going from nine, 10, 11, 12 in that range. Well, it wouldn't be nine, obviously. That would be Chicago. It's going to be be a hell of a pick, especially for number one. They're all using that Bill Parcells... Uh, the Bill Parcells chart. So you got to see where the value actually is uh, when it comes to that. Uh, one more from um, let's do one more from Lawrence Holmes here, since we've got these here now. Here's what he said his preference is when it comes to what the Bears should do. I'd like for them to stick with Justin Fields and make a trade that's going to allow them to fill a bunch of positions of need that they continue to have. But I get it. Like I get you want to restart the quarterback clock there are a lot of people who feel like Kayla Williams is the absolute truth and if you have a chance like it's it's hard to pass up it like I get it, it it's it's tough from both sides you're getting so much I mean listen I could name I mean listen is Houston first round pick in 2017 and 2018 went to the Browns for the number 12 overall pick just to get Deshaun Watson back in the day right like you know, I mean, you're going to get a bunch. You're going to get a lot. It's tempting. But the question is just, can you roll with Justin Fields and be okay with the fact that you are going to have to talk big money deal in about a year? Yeah, and on top of that, there's a level of loyalty now, I think, with some Chicago fans that think that Justin Fields is being done dirty, that that he hasn't been in a great situation and like Lawrence said, year one was basically a nightmare. Matt Nagy didn't even know how to use him. There was a quarterback controversy. Year two, tank. Year three, Luke Getze is terrible. So year four, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, hell, even the Jets. You know what the Jets did? They gave up three second rounders to move up three spots to get Sam Darnold. Wow. Going back to that in 2018. And how'd that work out? That was 2018. So it's a risk either way, without question. Wrap it up next. Bet MGM tonight.
Let the conversation continue with BetMGM tonight on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. Bucks beat the hell out of the Hornets tonight. You were talking about it earlier, Trista. They were down by like 45. Well, 123.85 was the final. Bucks beating the Hornets. So uh, you kind of got yourself at least a, a respectable score given where it was. 24 points for Giannis in just 24 minutes. 23 for Dame. Bunch of blowouts tonight in the NBA. Magic won 108-81 over the Nets. You got an 11-point win for the Warriors over the Wizards. I mean, Atlanta just crushed Utah 124-97. Boston did what they should have done against Philadelphia 117-99. Knicks have nobody left on their roster. They lose big to the Pelicans 115-92. So sometimes it becomes the uh, other national blowout league, and that's definitely what we had tonight in the NBA. Yeah, and guess what? You know, I talk about how bad it is for me as a Portland Trailblazer fan, (laughs) but my only sanctuary is bitch slapping the Miami Heat with Jimmy Butler, <laughs> Jaime Hawkes, and Bam Adebayo. It's 30 to 18, baby, even if it's just a quarter. The Dame package, which is Nikola Jovic, Jaime Hawkes, and Tyler Hero, they have they have zero points, looks like. Nikola Jovic, zero. Jaime Hawkes, yep. zero. Tyler Hero, zero. Maybe Duncan Robinson was in that package. He only has six all by himself in that quarter. That's all that I can hope for is that, that that Miami Heat fans who hate us so much because we took Dame away from them and they thought that it was like their birthright, Ashu. And it was not their birthright. And we stole that package from them, pause. And then we beat the hell out of them with our little raggedy ragtag crew. That's all I can hope for. No. Careful. The Wizards were up nine on the Warriors earlier tonight, and they lost by 11. So, you know, don't, don't, even don't, if, don't even smite the betting gods, T. <laughs> even if it's just, well, I bet against them. I bet against my own team. I'd win well, money. That's true. Uh, but you know what? You have to do that. It's like, it's like back in the day in fantasy, I would always, I was had no problems drafting Tony Romo as a quarterback every single year. I don't care. Romo was a great fantasy quarterback in his prime. I was going to do it. I don't care that he was a cowboy. If it involves me winning, I'm going to sacrifice that. You have to. You have to continue to do that. Again, even if we lose this game, just knowing that there's a million Heat fans out there watching this game disgusted that we, one of the worst teams in the NBA, is smacking them up. That's all I can ask for really now, where we're at. Yeah, 45 for Luka tonight, 30 for Kyrie Irving, some big scoring nights in the NBA. Uh, I mean, it's, you know, this is the hard part, right? I mean, we know this. Betting on the NBA is difficult. It's a... Props came in pretty well for me, so I'm happy about that. Uh, I won two by the hook, so I may not bet a single thing tomorrow because you know how that happens. When you win by the hook, the hook comes back to kill you very much the next night. So, uh, But, yeah, I mean, you had 34 for Anthony Edwards, Victor Wembanyama, 17 points, 13 rebounds, four blocks. Uh, you know, you got some decent nights from a lot of guys. Tyrese Maxey had 32, 29 and 11, eight assists for Jason Tatum. Uh but a lot of blowouts, a lot of blowouts in this, which that's always the worry because, you know, for a good portion of these blowouts, the worry always becomes, when are you sitting all the starters and when am I going to get completely screwed in the props market? Yeah, that's tough when you play a team like the Charlotte Hornets and you're the Bucks because if you look at what Dame and Giannis did tonight, Dame had 23-9-7, and seven, did not hit his prop for points. Giannis, 24-8. No and and no real assist line for him. In both of them played only twenty four minutes. So 
When you play a team like the Charlotte Hornets, maybe you feel like it's easy, t- like just like easy pickings, barbecued chicken. And no, I think mm-hmm. they sat out the entire fourth quarter. And that's when all the overs go to die, Trista. It's that moment right there. Uh, once a day, play the BetMGM free-to-play BetMGM fast break for a chance to win daily prizes. You can play as the point guard. Choose to pass Kevin Garnett and Jalen Rose. You can take it yourself for a dunk. If you score, you win a prize. You can get a free bet. It goes right at the very top. The promotions tab right there on the app and on the website. You go in, play your free games, and of course, you know, maybe get in there, get yourself some free bets if it's one of the prizes that you win. And then you go out there and you use it on, well, anything to fade, I don't know, the Jets moving forward. I mentioned earlier, Nicole Hardman ripping the Jets, right, was with them and obviously then went back to Kansas City. And he talked about their offense having, like, no system and it was just everybody kind of doing what they want. Apparently, everybody is treating the Jets like a pinata today because Deion Dawkins, Bill's tackle, said, when it comes to sports, there are people that play the sport because they love the sport. Then there's people that play the sport just to try and be cool. The Jets are a bunch of dudes that just want to take pictures on Instagram. That's whack. Everybody's just all in on the Jets. Just just absolutely twisting the knife after the season they had. That's crazy. Jets game, I saw this too. Jets games leaving ESPN for a classic rock station. Really? Yeah. Yes. So That's that I, absurd. Oh, you're t- so you're, oh, so you're talking about, yeah, so ES, the ESPN New York's not going to have the rights anymore. It's going to be a rock station that has it. So it actually happened in D.C. too. And one of the reasons Did was it? they were the team. Yeah, they were saying with the – well, they were – I guess they were the football team then. Yeah, yeah, it was a couple years ago. I don't think they were the Redskins anymore. Anyway, they didn't want to be on our Odyssey stations anymore because they were basically saying, like, we want to control what you say. You can't say bad things about the team. And they're like, well, we're not – going to do that we're going to be honest that's that's insane so they're now on a, a rock a classic rock station in dc i think that's changes at some point they probably go back and they would be stupid not to go to the two odyssey sports stations that we've got in dc that have carried the teams and had the games for years and have a rich history of that but you know when you had a sensitive ownership that was there before i'd like to think the jets probably had that same mindset trista where they were like hey you guys got to be nice and stop saying mean things about our team because we're gonna have aaron Rodgers next year and they're like, yeah, we're going to be honest no matter what it is. And they said, well, fine. We're going to pick up our ball and we're going to go somewhere else where they're not going to talk about us because they just talk about music the whole time. Yeah, no, that's strange. And and people are rip, ripping the Jets, just like you said. Back to Deion Dawkins of the Bills. He says that he hates the entire team and called them weirdos. <laughs> you know, though, like, there's, there's certain – like, you just – you can look at organizations and you can switch through coaches and you can switch through quarterbacks and there's still a stench that lingers in a building until you eliminate the head at the very top. You got to cut off the head of the snake. And if you don't get rid of essentially the bad culture that starts with ownership and the people that are at the very top of the management chain with these organizations, it really doesn't matter and it's not going to change. Now, it probably would have been a little bit easier had Aaron Rodgers been healthy this year and let's say the team wins 10 games, you're not going to hear as much about this because winning cures all. But you just, I mean, we knew this, right? Nathaniel Hackett lives up to his name. He's a hack. The guy has a job because of Aaron Rodgers. He could not be a head coach. Sean Payton was right to make fun of him, even though he didn't look great with the way the Broncos were playing for half the year. But in in the end, they had no real function. It was another example, right, of a desperate team making a move. 
and the Jets were desperate. They traded for Aaron Rodgers. I think it was the right decision, but in the end, I mean, dude gets hurt. Organization shows its true colors. They're still rotting from the inside. Oh, yeah. We've been talking about this. You saw the uh, the hard knocks, and you thought maybe Aaron Rodgers was going to turn the culture around. You can tell he got in there, and he's like, wow, this thing is – it's like my mom's bathroom when we pulled the walls out. The beams are filled with black mold in here. We need to rip the entire <laughs> thing out and completely replace it. By the way, the bathroom looks phenomenal today. Uh, my homeboy Alex oh, came by. Uh, we FaceTimed at the break, and he showed me everything that's been going on. So it looks good. Tomorrow around this time, I can use the shower again. Well, you know what? That's all you really want, isn't it? You want to have things working again, and you don't want mold in the house. And that's that's a great feeling to get all that stuff done. You're going to have a brand-new house there when it's all all finished up. You know, It's going to be sparkly new. That's great. It's great. I know. It's phenomenal. It's phenomenal. So, yeah, that's what's going on with the Jets is that you, you start ripping down the walls and you see what's happening behind the, the shiny linoleum veneer, uh, and you start to see the grout might not have been sealed up in there, and there's some problems that need to get rectified only by a bulldozer. I mean, it really is just – I don't – if we're being honest with ourselves, like the Jets could win 10 games next year with Aaron Rodgers healthy, but are they – are they really a team that's going to have the culture completely be turned around? Like, really? No. They're not going to because Aaron Aaron Rodgers is going to go in and he, he'll he be a leader. He'll be the motivational guy that we saw in hard knocks when the cameras were all over him. He'll be the guy calling the plays for the Jets because it isn't going to be Nathaniel Hackett. We've already watched that movie time and time again. But, like, how much of the culture is really going to change? It's going to be an entitled Aaron Rodgers going in there week after week getting what he wants – and if I'm the Jets, of course I'm giving it to him because what the hell kind of resume do you have where you think you can tell Aaron right. Rodgers anything else? But in the end, that stuff just trickles down, and then you got a lot of guys that aren't going to fall in a line because they're not going to respect the coaching staff or the front office, and eventually that stuff just starts to rot away. Yeah, I'm out. I'm out on the, the Jets next year. I don't care whether Aaron Rodgers plays at an MVP level. They don't. They literally just got rid of Lakin Tomlinson. They don't have offensive yep. linemen anyway. Oh no! I, what do you think the Jets? What do you think the Jets' win total is next year? I, you know, what's so funny? I was just looking for that. Now there's nothing up. That was exactly where I was looking right before you said that. I, I mean, it's tough now, right? Because we don't know what they've done in the draft. We don't know how much they address the offensive line. Where, I mean, are we looking at eight and a half? Are we looking at seven? I mean, Aaron Rodgers is enough to get you a couple more wins. You feel like eight and a half is the floor, maybe nine and a half. They it's were got, nine I, I, and a half no, last not, year, finished seven and ten. Right. But that's without Aaron Rodgers. So do you look at this and say, right. okay, you're clearly going to be a better offense with Aaron Rodgers out there. I would go nine and a half. I think it's nine and a half. And I think it's juiced to the over just slightly. They want to bait you into taking that over. People are going to be all in on the Jets thinking this time around it's going to be different. And they will be better with Aaron Rodgers there. But they've got to protect him. I, I, and listen, being honest, if, let's say the Jets really are aggressive. They draft a tackle at 10. Let's say they go after a couple of, uh, you know, other offensive linemen, and they really build that up and add a, a couple of legit weapons for Aaron Rodgers to throw the football to then. I mean, they are they could be a 10-win team. It's not out of the realm of possibility at all. No. I would still take the under, Ashu. I'm not, I'm not <laughs> going to getting roped into this again like Ryan did. No. Oh, well, I'll tell you this. I wouldn't bet it, 
that's the one thing I do no. know because I'd rather put my money towards something I could count on a little bit more. Like, well, let's be honest, probably the Chiefs winning the Super Bowl again because it's just going to be that way year after year after year. So we'll see. NFL Draft's going to bring a lot of desperate teams. Can't wait to see where that goes. We'll talk to J.P. Finley tomorrow live from the, uh, the Scouting Combine, which will be a ton of fun. Combine in full effect. Pam Maldonado, Brad Evans joining us too. Loaded show on a Wednesday. It's BetMGM Tonight.